Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Minimizing Storage Losses of Round Bale Hay. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Steve Niemeyer and Connor Beeler, who are both Nebraska Extension Beef Educators. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having us on here, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Well, Steve, as we look at this time of year, we're at the end of summer or it's fall. Uh, we're seeing quite a bit of hay either stored at the edge of field or putting into lots around feeding areas. What are some things we need to know and understand as we think about hay storage to maintain the quality that we've already put up? Well, there's several things. You know, when we started doing the project a few years ago, you know, the idea was to get it off the wet metals early, you know, so when you got rain, so the bales weren't in water and stuff. But as we got involved with it, with Bruce Anderson a little bit more, we did more of a study on the storage and the uh, covering of hay on round bales out in the sand hills. So, you know, but a few items about storing hay. Storing hay, you know, by the bales, lining them up along the fence may look easy, but uh, economical, but bale forage probably co constitutes the highest percentage of winter feed costs we have. And after we wrapped them up in a, you know, cow for their feed source. So, you know, with the price of hay is now, you know, up to $200, a, you know, ton, uh, anything that you lose can be a big to you if you lose it. So storing the dry hay on the ground without cover, you know, can cause greater amount of spoilage uh, when compared to other methods of storage. Uh, so our research showed out here in the Sandhills that we did that report in that study uh, a few years ago. You know, we didn't really report no significant nutrient change in the total dry matter pounds, uh, pounds of crude protein, or the pounds of total digestible nutrients on native hay and alfalfa plots that we used, but however, the vigil damage losses after one year between covered and uncovered with twine or net wrap was reported. So let's talk just a little bit about the loss. So obviously the time of year when hay is baled, if we're thinking about, you know, first cutting of hay and Connor, I'm here thinking here, Eastern Nebraska, where you're located, you know, we think about alfalfa hay baled the end of May, uh, then maybe twine tied set at the end of the field. Uh, it sets there all summer. There's going to be significant opportunity for more loss from that than a fourth cutting put up, you know, the end of September. I just talk about the impact of, of moisture and conditions on hay loss. Okay. Yeah. So there's three different ways that moisture can accumulate onto bales and those are rainfall, snowmelt, and humidity. And so the tops of those bales more absorb some of that rain and snowmelt. And then uh, if you have standing moisture or moisture where the hay is sitting, the bottom will wick that up from the ground. So we should consider the length of time that the bales are being exposed. And obviously we want to use some of the older hay that we harvested first, um, get that fed. And uh, really the main reason for this is during this winter time, we're counting on uh, the, the forage to be kind of our main source of feed. And so that can really affect our rations. And if we have 20% loss or 20% spoilage, um, there, 
that's 20% of your hay uh, out the door right away. When he was talking about the spoilage, one thing that we came out that a person doesn't realize is, you know, if you take a six uh, foot diameter round bale, you know, about the first four inches around the outside, it's about 21% of your dry matter of that bale. And that's where all your damage can come from is on the outside four inches. So that's one thing that I kind of caught after doing the study. You don't think about that as easy, you know, of where all your spoilage can come from right away. Yeah, let's talk just a little about thinking about storing of bales. Obviously, inside, undercover is going to be the optimum or, or first choice if we're trying to think about minimizing loss. But there's some other things we can do in terms of storing round bale outside, thinking about the base we set those bales on, thinking about orientation of the bales, how they're stacked. Uh, share with us a little bit about some things we might want to think through as we think about storing bales outside. Well, yeah, they, uh, you know, one thing they'll remember, not, not every producer can do it the same way. Different methods of storage, uh, different quality makes a difference too. But basically when you're storing outside, you know, a couple of things that we'd like to be, make sure we can do is you'd like to make a dense bale. You know, that's the first thing. It, you know, it will shed more precept and it should sag less and have less surface area to absorb the moisture if we have a good bale. Not everybody likes to use net wrap because of the you know feeding aspect of it, but basically the net wrap, if you use it, you'll be able to reduce the bale sag and then maintain that bale shape in a better format. Also, it's probably better for selling purposes if you're reselling hay or something. And then some other things that store bales on a well-drained location, uh, probably not real close to uh, fence lines uh, where the snow will accumulate and pile up. If you could, you'd like to have like a four to six inch coarse rock base if possible, but not out in the sand. You know, you're, you know it depends on your hay lot and where you store it at and stuff for something like that. But that would help to minimize the bottom spoilage of the bale. Probably like to have the bales stored end to end in rows usually, and then, you know, hopefully they can face a northwest and southeast direction, depends on our, you know, usually our Nebraska weather, winds and storms come from that kind of a direction. We like to space uh, lines at least 10 feet apart, the the rows, uh, if we can. Stacking the bells usually increase losses that we found in our research plot. Just the sagging and kind of stuff can make a difference. You know, one thing I see sometimes is folks will pyramid bales, so go like a three, two, one type stack. And, you know, I think if you're going to be using that hay up pretty rapidly, that's probably a fine thing to do if it's in a scenario where, you know, maybe you're going to be using it in the next couple months. And especially in the fall and winter, you know, we think about things that are contributing towards per preservation of forage, cool, dry conditions really are great for preserving forage. But if we're thinking about carrying that hay over, that pyramid type stack or stacking bales, you know, the rain roughs off the top bale and then just soaks in the next one below it. And so I just would really encourage people if they're thinking about long-term stacking of bales outside, if they're not going to cover them, especially round bales, uh, spreading them out, as you said, giving plenty of room and airspace probably is a better method than stacking. Yeah, I think you got a good point there. It depends on your length of storage, how you move them, you know, 
out here in the sand hills, you know, you got trucks that come and haul 30 bells at a time and, you know, 10, 10 and 10 on top, you know, and that's how they unload them. You know, so that's one aspect you might want to be thinking about how long you're going to be feeding or how soon you're going to feed your hay. Just one thing to remember that if you got a 20% loss on your bale, you know, it's a whole lot different at two, $200 and $250 a hay a ton than $100 a ton you know, on dollar-wise and stuff of what you're losing just in storage. Connor, were you going to make a comment there too? Yeah, I would kind of sum up Steve's point a little bit. Um, you know, whether you're producing your own hay uh, or you're, you're purchasing it, you've either gone through the work or you've got the economic investment into it. So uh, it's best to store it and preserve it in a way that you're going to be able to get the greatest amount of feed out out of it. Yeah, and I think the point that you both made looking at this year, the value of feed, you know, just in my mind thinking about $250 ton alfalfa hay or, you know, $60 ton corn stock bales, uh, a little bit of loss on a corn stock bale is not that big a deal economically, but you start thinking about 20% loss on $250 ton alfalfa hay, that starts to add up real quickly. So, you know, I think that's part of the scenario as well as we think about purchasing and storing hay. Obviously, your best quality hay is where you want to focus more of your effort in terms of reducing storage loss. Well, thanks again for joining me today, guys. Well, that was great. Thank you very much, and good luck on the winter. Thanks for having us on, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. This article came from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter and is titled Minimizing Storage Losses of Round Bale Hay.